Adults, good morning. Bless the Lord. If you would turn with me to Psalm 105, we'll just go right to verse 16. We'll go right to verse 16. We're completing a series of sermons on the principles from the life of Joseph. We've been on it a few weeks, and this will be our final sermon. It'll probably have two or three parts to it. We're going to talk this morning about behind the scenes, behind the scenes. Again, we've been discussing Joseph and how God worked in his life. And we're going to look behind the scenes this morning, how God works in the life uh, of his people. So Psalm 105, looking at verse 16, the Bible says, Moreover, and I'm reading from the New King James, and moreover, he called, God called for a famine in the land. And he destroyed all the provisions of bread. God took away the supplies of food. There was a famine. Verse 17, God sent a man. He sent a man before them. Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Verse 18, they hurt his feet with fetters, shackles. He was laid in iron. Literally, his neck was put in iron. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him or proved him true. Verse 20, the king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of his possessions to instruct his princes, to teach his elders. Again, behind the scenes, behind the scenes. Now, Psalm 105 is an account of God's faithfulness. And it teaches us to praise God for his marvelous works in our lives and to tell others of the good things that he's done. And the focus of our, of our series and the focus of these verses is on the life of Joseph. Verse 17 draws our attention to Joseph and how God sent him. He sent the man before them. God sent him. And we see how God was working behind the scenes to prepare and to place his servant just where he wanted him at just the right time. Arranging, ruling and overruling, carrying out his plan. Behind it all, behind Joseph's life, behind your life and mine, is the hand of God working His good work for the lives of His people. And again, this whole story, and you that have been with us, this whole series on the life of Joseph should uh, encourage us greatly to trust the Lord in the process. To trust the Lord as we're walking this path of faith and to be determined that along the way, good, bad, and the ugly, we're going to love God and serve God and be a blessing to our surroundings. We're going to rest in the fact that our God reigns and our times are in His hands and He's working out His plan for His faithful ones. We've said before that Joseph was special. He was blessed of the Lord wherever life took him. And life will take us down roads we didn't ask to go. Life will take us down roads we didn't pray for. But Joseph is unique. Joseph is a great example. Because wherever he went, God was with him and God blessed him. But the key behind that was his willingness to trust and honor God regardless of the circumstance or regardless of the setting. The key for Joseph's life, his consistency in his conduct and his character. While it's sitting on the throne or whether it's in a prison long forgotten, Joseph always remembered and never forgot he belonged to God and he represented God. In the same way you and I that love Jesus. The Bible says we're not our own. We've been bought with a price. The precious blood of Jesus purchased us. I'm not my own. I belong to Him. And therefore, I'm going to represent Him and serve Him faithfully wherever life takes me, whether it's the mountaintop or the valley. You see, in this life that we live, just like the life of Joseph, 
Our lives can be placed in less than ideal circumstances. Can you say amen? Uncomfortable environments. Plans put on hold. Detours from what we expected the schedule to be. Pain and disappointments in the will of God. For doing the will of God. But the Lord wants you and I to remember this morning these many truths we want to look at here. The spiritual principles from the life of Joseph that will help us so we can keep the faith. And we can continue on. And we can be the instruments of God wherever life takes us. God can be with us and God can use us to shine the light and to be His witness. Can you say amen? We're going to begin, it'll probably be about three weeks, but six things, six final things behind the scenes, six final thoughts from the life of Joseph. Walking down the verses, we start with verse 17. We want to remember, number one, God knows ahead of time what you and I don't need to know. Stop stressing about what's beyond you. Stop losing sleep over something you're not going to figure out. God knows ahead of time what you and I don't need to know. Verse 17 says, He sent a man before them. Many, many years before there was a famine in the land, God had His deliverer right there at the right time, being prepared for the moment that God needed Him. God sees the future. God understands what awaits for us. That's Whether it's um, God knows what's coming in our lives, whether it's opposition or opportunity. He knows the end from the beginning, the Bible says. He knows every detour. He knows every bridge out. He, he knows every bump in the road. So we cannot allow the things that we cannot perceive or understand to become a stumbling block to our faith. We just have to learn to trust God in the darkness just like we do in the light. See, God knows you and God knows your future and He knows what you don't have to worry about. So God has got it taken care of. God knows how to bring His child from point A to point B. He knows how to bring His promise to pass. Verse 17, He sent a man before them. You see, Joseph had a dream. How God was going to use him. How wonderful things were going to happen in him and through him. But Joseph doesn't have a clue how it's going to happen. Not a clue about the path of God's preparation and ultimate vindication. Family betrayal, not a clue. Undeserved pain and affliction, not a clue. False accusation. Forgotten in prison. Thirteen years on hold. Finally, a famine in the homeland, and a pharaoh who has a couple of troubling dreams that no one can interpret. And there you go, from forgotten in prison to sitting on the palace throne. God knows how to make His dreams come true. Can you say amen? Joseph had not a clue of how God's wonderful promise would ever come to pass. But God, God knew it all. And He knows all about your tomorrows as well. And this God goes before us as He walks with us. What a God we serve. How did Joseph get to the place he needed to be? How did Joseph become the man? He was called to be simply by God. By God working behind the scenes. And by God working in the life of His servant. By God working not only in the situations around him, but working in the heart of the saint within him. God worked, and Joseph, his role, well, he walked with God in the good times, and he walked with God in the bad. He believed God's Word when even everything around him looked and felt contrary to the promise, contrary to what he understood. We mustn't forsake our faith 
in the dark days of life. We mustn't forsake our faith when the path gets steep that we're called to travel. Oh, no, no, but know that our God is working behind the scenes. Our God is working in the scenario. God is working within me. Remember, God doesn't tell Joseph this is all part of the plan. Joseph didn't have the ability to see in the future. Joseph could have simply thought, this can't be God. I must have missed it. God must have forgotten me. God must have forsaken me. But instead, somehow along the way, Joseph understood that God knows ahead of time what you and I don't need to know. What do we need to know? We need to know God. Who do we need to know? We need to know the One that is faithful. We need to know the One whose promises are yes and amen. We need to know our God that is powerful and He's working and His Word is true and He can be trusted. We need to know Him who is altogether lovely. The One who says nothing can separate us from His love and nothing can hinder the working of His mighty hand. We learn from the life of Joseph. God can speak to us. God can give us a promise. And many things can seem contrary. And many things we didn't expect. But it's not for us to understand it all. It's just for us to hold to that nail-scarred hand. Keep singing His praises. Keep standing on His Word. And know that you know He that began a good work in you, He shall complete it. Can you say Amen? Talking about life of Joseph here. We're talking about these things. Uh, Isaiah 50 and verse 10 is a wonderful promise. Help me through many times. Many, if you walk with God, if you walk with God, you're going to go through some night seasons. If you walk with God, He's going to force you through some places that are not comfortable. They're not, they're not exciting, but it's the will of God. And in that place, He expects us to be as pure as we are on the mountaintop. To be as faithful as we are when everything's going good. The Bible says, Isaiah 50, verse 10, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of His servant? Anyone here fear the Lord? Anyone here love the word of the Lord? Okay. Let him who walks in the dark. That's telling us that even as a child of God, we will go through seasons that seem dark. We'll go through seasons and say, Lord, I don't know why this is happening. This doesn't seem to be according to what You promised me. Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on His God. I want you to know you're going to go through some time and you're going to wonder why, Lord, I don't know what's happening. I don't understand how You're working. But God says in those times, maybe you're not supposed to know everything, but you're supposed to know this. I am faithful and I am present and I will walk with you if you'll just trust Me and rely on Me and watch Me work it for your good. Can you say Amen? Remember, God knows ahead of time what you don't need to know. The ways of God. The ways of God, as we learn from the life of Joseph, are for our eternal good. They're for our perfection and our preparation. They're for our maturity. God's interested in what I am becoming, not just in what I am achieving. And because of that, He will bring me through some paths to work on different areas. He'll do the fine-tuning. He'll do the pruning. He'll do some polishing. He'll put me through the the kill to, to finish off some things that are not quite where they need to be. Never forget the story of the pastor that went out and visited the farmer. And his farmer was, you know, corn and soybeans and the rains had been abundant and a good, a lot of rain, and you could tell. I mean, everything looked so um, so good. The crops looked bountiful. 
So when the farmer made this statement, the pastor was a little bit off, caught off guard. He said, Pastor, my, my crops actually are in a very dangerous place right now. They're especially vulnerable. Even a short drought could be devastating. The pastor said, why? I don't get it. They look great. He says, you know, Pastor, to you, all the rains that we had might seem like a really good thing. But it's not the case. Because during that time, everything was so easy. The plants were never required to push roots deeper in search of water. The roots just remain near the surface. You see, a lot of surfacey Christians, that's why they backslide in the hard times. A lot of surfacey Christians, that's why they melt when the heat gets put on. The roots remain near the surface and a drought would find the plants unprepared and quickly kill them. You see, Joseph and you and I that really want to walk with God, God will require of us that we go through places to take our faith deeper that make our faith stronger, that make our commitment purer so that we can handle the challenges that await, that we can become the ones God's called us to be. Because God sees the future and He's preparing us for what He has prepared for us. He sees the future and He knows hell's going to throw a tsunami at us in a few years. And if we don't get things right in our marriage today, it won't last over there. If we don't take the right moves now, it'll crumble over there. He sees down the road there's going to be a need in your life and you're the one he's called to stand up and be his voice and be his instrument but right now you're not there yet so he's going to put you through class A class B class C and if you walk with him not understanding the why but just being faithful to the I am God says when that time arrives you'll be ready and I'll be glorified walk with me in the dark times trust me when you can't understand me you don't have to hear me to love me you don't have to know what I'm doing in According to walk in my word. Can you say amen? Verse 17. This is the ways of God. He sent, he sent a man before them. What a way to send someone. Spurgeon writes, what a way to send a deliverer, huh? You'd expect him to come on a chariot. God works different, don't he? Now let's think about this now. Verse 17. You know, Genesis, we've been through Genesis now. The last month and a half on Joseph. Genesis says his brothers sold him. Psalm says, but God sent him. Oh, the ways of God. Where the visible hand of the wicked is used by the invisible hand of God. Again, who would send a deliverer like that? But the disciplines of Joseph's life plus his faith in the Lord transformed him into one of the most admired and beloved Bible characters. A man very much like the Lord Jesus. We learn from Joseph's story that God knows ahead of time what I don't need to know. I just need to keep walking and trusting. I don't have to understand him to trust him and be confident in him. To know that he's with me. His grace is sufficient for me. And that he is working all things together for the good. Verse 17, He sent a man before them. What a thought. God foresaw. God knew what was coming. God was fulfilling His promise, not just to Joseph, but Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, and God has His man in place. And God has His man prepared. And the grand weaver is never caught off guard. And we see this principle throughout the Word of God. We could go from Genesis, preach our way out through Revelation. And we see this is how God works. He takes us through the seasons of darkness 
Not because He's forsaken us. Not because He's no longer caring for us. But because He wants to take the roots a little deeper. He wants to take the devotion a little firmer. He wants to take our trust to a level of being kind of surfacy and feely to really being wrapped around the rock of ages. Firm and secure. We see this throughout the Bible. For example... Abraham demonstrated this very principle. We all know Genesis 22. Um, God asked Abraham, offer your son as a sacrifice. And even though he didn't understand why, he didn't understand how things would work out, he knew God would provide at the right time. He knew God would take care of it. He said to his son, God will see to it. And I believe that's a word for someone this morning. If you've done your part and you've been faithful, they hear you the Word of the Lord, God will take it from there. God will take it from there. If you've done your part, then just trust on the Lord and watch His hand work His grace in your life. If you've done your part and you've walked in that obedience and you've walked in that trust, then go ahead and begin to give Him praise now. God will see to it. You've got someone on your side that the world doesn't have. You have a Savior. You have a Redeemer. He says, I'll be with you when you go through the fire. I'll take your hand when you go through the flood. Wherever you're at, I'll be with you. Whatever you face, I'll face it with you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to compromise. Just trust in the Lord and watch the hand of your God in His grace. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Abraham, he took that thing on his job. I'm going to trust and obey. Didn't know how, didn't know why. He could have stumbled through natural reasoning or human emotion. Natural understanding. Could have been an offense to him. He obeyed, and at just the right time, the provision was there. You know, Israel went through a similar thing too. The nation of Israel. Remember when they were fleeing from Egypt? They were fleeing from Pharaoh's legions. Another example of how we just taught to follow the Lord. Even when we can't see or understand. Even when He seems silent. He's not absent, but He calls for you and I to trust Him. And obey Him. And know He's gone before us as He's walking with us. Remember the story. How God is leading His people. Even when His leading was a bit hard to understand. When God delivered His people from Egypt, He led them in a way... You know the story. He led them to a place that just didn't make sense. I mean, there's a desert. There's a mountain. There's a Red Sea. And there's an angry army. He led them in a place where there's no way out and they're surrounded. But God says, God says, hold your peace and just march on. Just follow my directions and trust me. The people cried, we're going to get slaughtered. The people cried, why did you bug us, Moses? You should have kept us in slavery. Why, why, why? It's a setup. And God says, oh, it is a setup. But it's not a setup for my people. It's a setup for Pharaoh, that devil. It's a setup. God says, I know what I'm doing. I know how I'm leading you. I know exactly, I know the end from the beginning. Just trust me and do. Don't hesitate because you can't figure it out. Our minds and God's minds. Come on, you do the equation. For God said to Israel, where you see disaster, I see and am preparing a great deliverance. You see, God knows ahead of time what we don't know. He said, Moses, I could take them the shorter route. But they're not ready for that route yet. 
But in that route, they got to fight Philip. They're not ready. You're not ready to handle what you think you can handle. So God says, let me take them a little longer. And if I take them around this route, I'm going to teach them to trust me. I'm going to show them that I'm a God that makes a way where there seems to be no way. I'm going to deal with Pharaoh once and for all. And I'm going to show my people the might and power of the God that they serve. You remember the story? They could have went one way. God says, I'm going to lead you right there. And I could hear one of them, I could hear someone, probably one of them techie types. Hey, 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 Mr. Moses, I just checked my GPS. And it says this isn't the best way to go. You know, friends, sometimes man's GPS needs to be tossed out the window. Can you say Amen. For the Bible says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways and God's thoughts higher than ours. That's why we need to just trust in the Lord with all our hearts. Don't lean on all that human understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge Him and praise Him and look to Him and He'll direct your path and He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He is an awesome God. He is a wonderful God. This is a walk of faith, ladies and gentlemen. It Man's an obedience to God's Word and a trusting of God's character. Hear me. His character. you got to trust His character. When you can't hear His voice, you can trust His character. When you can't see His hand doing anything, you can trust His character. When nothing makes sense and your heart feels broken and you wonder, God, have you lost my number? You can trust His character, His love and His mercy and His faithfulness. Nothing surpasses that. Well, I'm trying to teach Because every time God wants to take you to another place, you're bound by what you see. Many people never enter their ministry. Can't step out into the unseen. Everything's not perfect. And that's why you haven't moved. God said, no, no, you don't got to see what I'm doing to trust me. You don't even got to hear my voice to know me. I can't figure it. Is if you can figure God. We don't figure Him, we trust Him. We don't figure, we obey. Whew, hallelujah. Oh, you got to remember that God knows ahead of time. But we don't need to know. God knows the future. Both opposition and opportunity. He knows what awaits. we got to obey Him now, so we're ready for them. Many things get destroyed because you didn't do what you needed to do now. And then came and you missed it. Well, you brought it on yourself. Oh, did I say that? Amen. Not bad to have a little truth from the pulpit every now and again. Amen. My God, we're stroking people into hell. About time we unstroke them. Let's get people on fire for Jesus. Amen. Let's get people walking holy. Come on, say amen. I'm feeling it. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Get back to the notes so we get dangerous around here. My Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, the Lord, the Lord doesn't usually give us, I wish He did, he doesn't give us a, a five-point outline. Don't you wish he did? What's your five-year plan? I'm walking with Jesus day by day. I can write my plan. It's about as good as the paper is on, but I'll write one if it makes you happy. But when you're walking with God, you don't know tomorrow, do you? You wake up tomorrow. Triple bypass. You wake up Friday. You're the only one left in the house. Oh, I'm telling you. You don't know what the future holds. You better know God. He doesn't usually give me a five-year outline diagram. Listen to this. It's a very simple illustration. But man, it just says it so 
comes walking with God, it's a walk of faith. Many people backslide because they no longer can see in them. All right. Walking with God is like being, you're out at night, say you're camping where there's no lights, but you have a flashlight. Flashlight, okay? Pitch dark. Flashlight. Now with that flashlight, you might see three to five feet, and that's all you can see. Now many people, you'd be standing there 20 years. Until God shows me the rest, I'm not going to budge. I've seen people. God called them 15 years ago. They have nothing with it. Why? Well, the stars ain't ever going to line up, folks. The walk of faith. Amen. Abraham went, obeyed God, not knowing where he was going. Just follow the Lord. But I tell you one thing. If you'll dare to walk in that three or five feet of light, you'll get three, four, five more feet of light, won't you? Oh, I might not see down by the soundboard, but if I keep walking in the light he gives me, he'll take me wherever he needs me to go. So have you responded to the word God spoke to you? Have you obeyed the light he's given you? God can outweigh you. Have you ever tried to outweigh God? I tried to outweigh God before I found it real quick. I'm doing something dumb. This is a, he gives, my arms are too short in the box with him. I can throw a little, hold my. Whew, call the oxygen mask. Amen. And God's just waiting, shaking his head. Oh, son, you got to do better than this. God says, trust me and walk in the light that you do have. And obey the word that you do know. And when you do your part, I'll speak something else. Maybe. Or I'll give you another assignment. But you got to do your part. You got to do your part. Sometimes we, sometimes as an excuse not to go all out with God, we make that excuse. Well, when I know everything, hang on. What do you know to do? What do you know to do? Start doing it. Start doing it. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Someone say amen. Hmm. Because God knows. You and I can be confident. Because God knows. You and I can have a peace and a rest. Just walking with Him. Just counting on Him. We can praise Him as we watch Him work. As we watch Him work and we wait. And God knows. At just the right time. He's going to make a way even where there seems to be no way. And He's going to make a way that only the faithful ones can walk. You know, there's a road only the redeemed can walk on in this life. Pharaoh doesn't have the sun pass. S-O-N pass. You know what I mean? He's going to try to take that thing. He's going to get swallowed up by the Red Sea. But God's people are going to walk on through a place that no one else walks. Because God said, I'm going to leave the faithful in paths that the unfaithful can't go. I'm going to leave the righteous down paths where the compromisers and lukewarm they cannot enter in. But oh, if you'll give God your best and you'll serve Him with all your might and all your strength. He says, I'll do some crazy things in your life. I'll open doors. I'll tear apart giants. I'll unfold plans that you couldn't have dreamed of, but I'm requiring and I'm desiring that you trust me and obey me and walk in the light you have. And when God says it's time, He can open any door. He can grant favor with any person. He can erase that debt He can change the boss's mind. 
He can take the bitterness and pain out of your heart. He can take you from the bottom. He can put you on top. From dungeons to diadems. God's dreams still come true. Can you say amen? Amen. Number one, remember that God knows ahead of time what we don't need to know. Notice number two here, verse 18. Remember that God knows what you can handle so you never need to be afraid. Wow. It's in, it's fixed. It's fixed. If you love Jesus, you, it's fixed. The fix is in. He says, I won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. The fix is in. God controls the heat. God controls the pressure. God contr- You know, God knows what He put in you. Why do you think you're still here and you didn't jump off the roof like some others? God knows what He put in you. Others couldn't have taken what you've taken. Others couldn't have made it to where you've made it. Oh, 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 glory to God. If you're a child of God this morning, I want you to know you are made of better stuff. you got Jesus in you. If you're a child of God, you're made of the right stuff. Your life is connected with Almighty God. The resources of His grace are at your bestowal. And even though trials are not always easy, the trials are always controlled by your loving Father and your God. In fact, the Bible says the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within us. And look at 1 John 4 and 4. The Bible says the greater one lives within us. 1 John 4 and 4. Um, dear children, I'm talking to the church. Dear children, child of God, listen. You, you, you're from God, dear children. You, dear children, are from God. You've overcome the world. You've overcome the pressures and the lies and the snares and the temptations of the world. I'm talking to faithful ones this morning. Why? Because the one who is in you is greater than the one that's in the world. See, God knows what He put in you. He knows you can take it. He knows how much you can stand. And He's in control of everything that's going on. Verse 18. Look at verse 18. This is important. They hurt His feet with fetters. He was laid. His neck was put in irons. They bruised His feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons. And the thing that the enemy tried to use to destroy Joseph only developed him, actually enriched him, prepared him, deepened him. He was bound and he was bruised after being betrayed and forgotten. Did Joseph have a meltdown? No. Did Joseph get embittered and renounce his faith, shake his fist at God? No. He served. He blessed. He trusted. The Lord knows what we can handle. We studied this a couple weeks ago. No temptation will come against you, but such is common to man. And your God is faithful, and He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But with every temptation, He will make a way of escape so you can bear. God's in control. God's in control of that. Therefore, somebody, you can reject the lie of the enemy. The enemy says you're not going to be able to make it. The devil is a liar. You're going to make it. The, the enemy says you can't handle that pressure. The devil is a liar. If you're in God's will, you can handle all the pressure. Life throws at you because God's in control of it all. Amen. Someone says this, this burden's too heavy. I want you to know it's not too heavy for Jesus. And He lives on the inside of you. Someone says, but I've fallen and I made a mess of things. Well, then get back up and make a fresh start with Jesus. Don't give up on yourself and don't you dare give up on God. Oh, sometimes your life can knock you down. You ever been knocked down by life? Life can knock you down, but only you can stay down. Life can knock you down, but only you can stay down. It's like that cowboy. He was riding on the prairie and... um, Came across another cowboy. That cowboy's other one said, on the ground, he got his ear to the wagon track. You know the wagon, you know how they used to listen? 
So the guy on the ground says, wagon, two horses, one white, one black, man driving, smoking a pipe, women, blue dress, yellow bonnet. First cowboy standing up says, man, you mean you know all that just by listening to the ground? The guy says, no, I know all that, but the wagon train ran over me half an hour ago. (laughs) Now, there's a reason for the story. There's a reason for the story. The Lord don't allow me to use them. There's not a reason. Trust me, there's some funny ones that are tempting. I can't make them fit, but I'm telling you. I want you to know life can deal some crushing blows. Or we can make mistakes that cause life to... Life can knock us down, but only we can choose to stay down. And God calls you to rise up. God calls you to be strong in His strength. God calls you whatever life has done or whatever you might have messed up and done. I'm a God of new beginnings. I'm a God whose mercies are new every morning. Stand up. Get a fresh start. Walk on with Jesus. Can you say amen? You see... And we're winding this down, but listen, it's been said, it's a good thought, that what life does to us depends on what life finds in us. What life does to us depends on what life finds in us. We see this demonstrated in the life of Joseph. In fact, this verse 18, it said in some translations, iron entered his soul, which would have destroyed the faith of some, made this guy stronger which would have made others as ugly and bitter, actually brought into a greater place of Christian character. I want to say this again. God knows what He put in you. Get excited. God knows that you can handle it. God knows what He promised you. And God is determined to fulfill His good purpose concerning you. God's going to finish the work He began in your life. The question is, will you work with God? And will you walk with this God? Let's follow the example of Joseph. Behind the scenes, these principles from Joseph's life. Remember, number one, God knows ahead of time what you don't need to know. He knows about your tomorrows. So just trust Him. Stay faithful to Him. Walk with Him. He's working. Make up your mind you're going to be a blessing along the way. But secondly, God knows what you can handle, so you don't need to be afraid. God's in control of the duration, the intensity. God knows what He put in you. He knows what you can handle. And you must believe that whatever the path you are forced to take, you can handle it, and you will pass through it as the Lord walks with you and the Lord enables you. And next time, we begin with Verse 19a, God knows how long you need to be where you are. Wow. That's the patience test. I failed that half a dozen times. I'm still trying. The patience test is a tough one. But this is what brings a thoroughness and a depth, a maturity to our faith. You can't get this in the microwave. Uh-uh, you got to get this in the marinade. Come on. You see that verse 19, the first part of that verse? Until the time that His Word came to pass. Until that time. God says, I want you to wait. I want you to stay faithful. I want you to take whatever comes. 
and respond properly. Oh, man. A lot of times I just like pack up and go. I said, enough of this. Amen. Let's, let's say, well, hit replay or whatever you're hitting on the game board. Let's start all over again. But God said, no, this is the patience test. This is the patience test. And God says, I know how long you need to be where you're at so I can accomplish what I desire to do in you. Wow. Go ahead and put that slide up there, the, the, um, the last slide. God knows how long you need to be where you are. We're going to start with this next week. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, put it like this. We must wait till his until is fulfilled. <laughs> we must wait until his until. You ever want to hit the fast forward button with God? Amen. I know I do. I just want to get from point A to B quickly, pain-free, easily. But God reminded me one time as a young man, son, it's not just getting from A to B. It's in the during and in the process. I've got some things I want to teach you and some things I want to develop in you. As people, we just, I want to get, I want to get the degree. I want to get the thing. I want to get the thing. God says, hold up. You want to get it. I want to do something along the way. Don't miss the blessings and the opportunities along the way. God knows how long I need to be. Hallelujah. We'll start with that next week. Talking about principles from the life of Joseph. What a wonderful example of a man of God who, who, who loved God like we do, who walked with God like we do, yet lived in a real world, lived in some hard circumstances like often we're forced to do. But it gives us an example of how to stay pure and how to stay consistent and how to not lose the faith even when everything around you seems negative. Let's learn from his life. And let's do our best to imitate that as we walk with our God. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. We're going to pray and open the altar now. Listen, if you're here today, and I know we, we have done uh, an altar during the communion, but if you're here today and your heart's not right with God, nothing will ever be right in your life until things are right with you and Jesus. Nothing will ever be right until they're right with God. He's the one that made you. He's the one that designs everything. So until you're submitted and surrendered to Him. So if you're here today and for whatever reason you've never received Christ, come on, people will be down here praying for other things. You won't be embarrassed. Come down and receive Christ. Or maybe you're just here today and you just know you haven't been living like you should live. And it's about time to make a change. You need to come down and make things right. You need to come down and make things right. Because God wants to bless you and God wants to use you. But He's waiting for your response. He's waiting for your surrender. And in your surrender, you'll find the grace of God working like you've never seen it work before. So that, And I have one more thought for the altar. And this is just kind of laid on my heart earlier yesterday. Maybe you're here today and you need a prayer of refreshing. A prayer of refreshing. We've got some great altar workers. Maybe you need a prayer of refreshing. Maybe you're here today and you're feeling a little dry. You're feeling a little spiritually tired, empty, exhausted. Like Joseph, you've gone through some things and you've done your best, but that takes something out of you. And maybe you just need to say, Lord, here I am. Fill me afresh. I'm doing my best, but I feel like I'm a little bit on empty, Lord. Would you mind just filling me so I can get back out there and run strong? And if that speaks of you today, you come up and line up and our prayer people just going to ask God to fill you afresh and give you a new touch for a new week. Amen? Stand with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we love you. We love you. We love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the characters you put in the word that are examples and encouragements for us. We thank you for the story of Joseph. Help us, Lord. 
to learn these principles and apply them to our lives. Help us, Lord, to be encouraged by His example. And Lord, we want to just thank You that You go before us as You walk with us. And we don't have to fear or fret about the future. We just need to walk with You and trust You and know that You will work all things together for the good. And we thank You, Lord, that You know what we can handle and You know what we're made of. So we refuse to be afraid. We refuse to give in to the lies of the enemy. And instead, we choose to be men and women of spiritual confidence, knowing greater is He that's within us than he that's in the world. Now, Father, I pray that you'd move powerfully at this altar. Let sicknesses die in the name of Jesus. Let those that are weary receive a fresh touch of grace and power. And let every life that needs a fresh start make that altar and receive that fresh word. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, let's worship the Lord. These altars are open. Come and receive. Come and receive.